and welcome to the Creative Christians Chat Show. I'm Brendan Conboy, the dog in the pod. This show is bursting with creative stories, ideas and inspiration with a Christian perspective. So let's get on with the show. The Creative Christians Chat Show and... uh, it's a little bit different today because um, normally I, I might be chatting to somebody. I've chatted to people in Korea. I've chatted to people in America and Canada. The person I'm, ch- I'm, I'm talking to today has travelled two doors away. <laughs> Welcome, my neighbour, my friend and global entrepreneur, digital guy, Nick Byrne. Thank you, Brendan. It's great to be on your podcast. Yeah. And we have you to thank for our, where we live as well. Don't, don't forget you were the ones that told us that the house was on the market when we met you that first time. So you jumped in there. Yeah. We jumped straight in and we've been here. We love it here. It's um, absolutely gorgeous. It is. Yeah. But people can't see that because we're on the podcast. No, but trust me, it's amazing. (laughs) So tell, tell the listeners about what, what, what do you, I know a little bit about what you do. I know you do stuff for charity and I know that you're a digital guy. Right. Yeah. So, um, I mean, the, the easiest way to say is actually, I, I, um, I, I build fan bases for charities. That's somewhat, somewhat way of saying it because when I started, one of my early careers was in the music business and I used to build fan bases for bands and things like that. And then, um, got like just got disillusioned with the music industry yeah. and then went to work for non-profits and um, just did the same thing really. So I use online channels as a way to build, um, you know, support bases for, for non-profits. And I've worked with some of the biggest non-profits on the planet to do that. And um, yeah, so I help raise money, raise money for organizations online. And um, I've worked with a lot of the major, major charities and that's kind of what I do. found myself doing, yeah. Do a few name drops there. Well, I worked with uh, UNICEF for a very long time, the UN's children's charity. Um, you know, you might have heard of Greenpeace or Save the Children or, um, any number of our, our, our customers like that. Yeah. November. Um, yeah. Big, big names. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you've created a, a thing called Raise Through. Yeah, that's actually, I, that's actually my previous company that I sold. So I've sold Raise Through and now I have a company called Give Panel. That's been going for three years and that's a software platform. We have 400 nonprofits now. We're in 16 different countries. Uh, and we've raised, um, yeah, hundreds of millions for organizations, mainly using social media. So mainly Facebook and Instagram. And, um, during the pandemic, we helped a lot of, we helped basically during the pandemic, what we did is we, we turned Facebook into an event fundraising platform because charities couldn't run in-person events anymore, like, you yeah. know, in-person running events and things. So what we did is we hacked Facebook to run charity events and it went absolutely like we, everyone was at home, if you remember, yeah. and we were getting people doing push-up challenges and skipping challenges and squat challenges for organizations because they couldn't go down the gym. And we raised hundreds of millions um, for for organisations um, during during the pandemic when they really needed it the most. You're talking big money. 
Yeah, I've, I've, you know, I, I tried to count up how much I've been involved since I started. Um, and, um, it's well over $2 billion that I've helped wow. raise. Yeah. Um, for organizations. So the, the thing about the internet, as you know, cause this is why you're doing the podcast, it enables you to get out your reach out there. And so, you know, there's billions of people on, on Facebook, billions of people on Instagram, billions of people now on TikTok as well. Yeah. And I'm you can, yeah, exactly. <laughs> in your, yeah. So, and so, so we've used that really to re, to help nonprofits reach an audience and get those people fundraising for, for those audiences. And, and so that's been, that's been my, my, my thing. And I got into it in the very early, early days, you know, yeah. um, so. What about small charities? I mean, I spent nearly 30 years in charity uh, and I spent a lot of time in my, in, in that work trying to raise money, you know, and I'm, and I'm talking an organization that was just over half a million turnover, you know, for, for some charities, that's a lot. Yeah. But, but in comparison to what you're talking about, it's, it's small fright, small fish. But would you get involved in small charities like that? Yeah, we do have some very small customers. I mean, I think there's a there's a set of what I call micro charities out there, right? Who are like just literally, it's like people who are so passionate. They've started something. There's one or two people, and I wouldn't say it's like a kind of professional organization. There's no paid staff. Just about get a kind of trustee board together, and I call those micro charities. And we, we can't really help them because there's no employees. There's nothing mm. to kind of really. There's no technology to sub infrastructure there. Yeah. Um, but the on um, for, for for organizations that you would say is small charities, like you say, like five hundred thousand is quite a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and you have a staff and things like that. We can certainly help. We certainly help those. And again, like online's great because you can you can find your audience there and you can build essentially a community. Yeah. And the way to think about online fundraising really is community fundraising, mm -hmm. but not like back in the day, community, well, still now, community fundraising meant having, you know, volunteers in different regions and yeah. that kind of community, like bake sales and that kind of thing. <laughs> and, but really what online fundraising is, is kind of community fundraising, but you're building an online community around your content. Mm -hmm. And so that's what you do, I'm sure. Like your listeners here, yeah. they listen to like, Lots of different things. Maybe they read your read your stuff, but they that you will get feedback from kind of similar people. Maybe the same person commenting on your posts, yeah. and that is kind of a, a community, a loose community of people. And so you can find your audience, whatever size of organization you are. You're going to find someone else who's passionate about the problem you're trying to solve in the world, yeah. right? You're passionate about solving a problem. You're not the only one. Yeah. Right. There are other people who want to help solve that problem too. And you can find them online and much easier to find them online because online's global. Like you say, you, did you say you, you'd done a podcast in Korea? Korea, yeah, Canada, America, all over. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so let's say, you know, you're passionate about helping young men with, um, you know, um, you know, finding purpose and hope in their lives and not committing suicide. Let's mm -hmm. say you're passionate about that. Guess what? People are, all over the world are passionate about that. And you yeah. can build your tribe, yeah. you know, online. And, and that's yeah. essentially, you can be a small organization and do that. And in fact, I think sometimes the smaller organizations are better than the bigger ones because they're yeah. more authentic. So actually yeah. they can be real. really powerful. Yeah, yeah. real, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is the Creative Christians chat show. We've just proven that you are digitally, globally creative. Um, you're on the show because you're a Christian as well. So what does that mean to you to be a Christian and how does that align with your business practices? Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. So, I mean, to, to be a Christian for me is to, to follow the way of Jesus, you know, to follow Jesus. I, I love 
him and um, want to walk in his his footsteps, be a disciple. That's what it means to me. Um, uh, and I, um, I mean, the way I came to be a Christian was by reject first rejecting Christianity. That's um, yeah, so I I didn't become a Christian until I was twenty six, and I went to a very same. is same that same year? Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Um, so yeah, so I I rejected all of that, and I I I went to a very kind of religious Christian school, and. I think integrity has just always been something that I had even before becoming a Christian. I had some, I had that kind of like, I'm not going to pretend to worship if I don't, I'm not going to sing the song if I don't believe in it. And I would sit there and I would not sing the song and I would not go to to mass at Christmas with my family. I I used to say, you know, you're hypocrites. You only go once a year, you know, what's the point? So (laughs) I, I was, I was very much like, I'm not, I don't believe. So I'm not, I'm not going to do that, that thing. And so, so, then I, I kind of found the the tr- the truth, I guess, in my in my mid twenties, and researched. You know, it was really a kind of um, a search for truth, really, because I was like disillusioned. Like, what is life about? You know, what is like, what is my place in the world? What you know? And I was just in my mid twenties. Like a lot of mid twenties people are very disillusioned with life. Yeah. Um, and like asking the big questions, going, is it? I go out with my friends. Is that what life's about? And I just, I was really empty, really empty in my mid twenties, yeah. like really empty. And I was into There has to be more to life yeah. question. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I was doing a lot, you know, you said, if I can talk about anything, you know, can I talk about it? So I'm, I'm happy to talk about it because it's my past. Right. But I was, you know, I was doing a lot of drugs and drinking a lot and just, you know, not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say that abnormal, right. For, <laughs> for an early twenties, but I was into a lot of, lot yeah. of stuff and, and um, it didn't fulfill, it just made me more empty, essentially. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so then I I met Jenna, who yeah. Brendan knows. Your wife. My wife, um, who, inter- she invited me on an alpha course. Um, <laughs> she was my, she actually hired me for my first job in charities. Did you know that? Exactly. Yeah. So she, she hired me for my first job at Christian Aid, and I went to work for Christian Aid being an atheist. <laughs> Um, and that was interesting. And then, um, um, this is, this is a story. Um, so again, I'm not proud of this, but it is my past. So I had been in a strip club all night and had come into work like without kind of being asleep to, and Jenna, that was the day that Jenna, I, I was obviously mouthing off about life, the universe and everything, the meaning of life or whatever. And she was, she challenged me and she invited like, do you want to discuss the meaning of life like every week i was like yeah i'd love that no one talks about it enough and then she's like come to the alpha course yeah so that that day that i'd kind of come in from the strip club straight into work at christian aid this is like this is gonna if people listen to this it's gonna be interesting uh, interesting uh, conversation um but yeah that i i um she invited me to the alpha course and that was the start of the of, of really a process of, of discovery around um meeting jesus Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe when you're at your lowest that's when he you know yeah, in some ways that's stories where, yeah. of uh, people that have been at their lowest yeah and that, you know that is where they, they in that dark place when the light yeah. comes in and shines shines in yeah it's interesting isn't it they meet jesus there. yeah yeah you've had some some interesting things happen in your life uh I mean, you mentioned Jenna, uh, and uh, 
you know, there's the story, I know the story of Jenna couldn't have children. Mm, yeah. Uh, but but you've, you've got two beautiful girls. Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah, well, I remember, I remember, I actually remember being in New York once um, away from Jenna. We were in the very early stages of our relationship and she told me that she couldn't have children. And I remember thinking, you know, considering what life would be like not being, not being a dad, you know, what am I giving up for this relationship? You know, how, and, and I just, you know, I decided I love Jenna. And so I decided like, you know, well, and I, I, this was a, a process where I was coming to faith. I wouldn't say I was, you know, I wasn't there yet. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I remember, I remember considering what life would be like without fatherhood, but, um, and I remember thinking, oh, I do, I do want to be a dad. Because she'd been told that she, she couldn't have children. Well, she'd been told very early in life that she right. couldn't have children. Yeah. So yeah. she'd told me, you know, she'd been honest with me, yeah. um, that she couldn't have kids. And so, um, and then, uh, so, so I, but I remember desi- like wanting to be a dad, mm. uh, and being sad that I wasn't going to be if I pursued, if I went down the road of this relationship. And, um, anyway, so we, we, at some point I became, like, I, I became, became a Christian and, uh, this is before we were married. And Jenna actually went to, um, our church in London, uh, was, um, there was a prophet coming to our church and prophet is just someone, you know, it's just someone who kind of, um, you know, has a, he had a gift, the gift yeah. of prophecy yeah. and, um, uh, great guy. We're still connected on Facebook with him. Actually, he's, he's amazing. And he, um, Jen, Jenna went there for some, uh, some kind of, uh, she wanted to hear from God and she wanted to hear from God about her, her job because she'd since left Christian aid and she wasn't happy where she was. Um, and, uh, immediately she walked into that room. She felt that she, that God was going to talk to her about this, um, this, not being able to have children. Yeah. And uh, he said, we've got this on tape as well. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. How amazing is that, that we have a recording of this? How many people get a recording of, <laughs> of, of, of their, their, their prophecy? Yeah. But he prophesied, he said, someone here has an irrational fear of having children. Please stand up. She knew it was for her. She stood up. The way he said that was interesting, an irrational fear of having children. Mm-hmm. She'd been told she was going to have children. It wasn't necessarily <laughs> irrational. Um, but, um, and he prophesied and said, you will be fruitful you will have children and not child children wow. and um and and we we had that and we it was an emotional time for i wasn't there um but we were like wow god's got something planned for us and so we um we we bought the house that you you you, you shared us and and, the, and we bought a house and we started to make plans for extra rooms yeah. even though that like you know we couldn't have children we went uh we after a while, we went to the doctors and to get an update on, on Jenna's situation about having children. And the doctor, I remember the doctor saying to me, no, you definitely can't have children. And he, he said this, he said, but there's always miracles. He said, uh-huh. what a thing for a doctor to say to you. In, Indian doctor said, yeah. but there's always miracles. And, yeah. and I thought, wow, that's amazing. And, um, and so, yeah, we couldn't, without an operation, um, Jenna couldn't, couldn't have Jenna. She, there was a chance if she had an operation, but we said, no, we're not going to do the operation. Yeah. We're going to see what God's got for us. And, um, we, um, Jenna got very ill one year, uh, like, you know, the flu season, the like October, November time. She just got really ill, like she does sometimes. She just, her immune system dips. And we had, um, had some, the elders to pray for her at church. We were at church. They anointed her with oil and, and just just following what it says in scripture and um she felt uh one of the elders uh, again just mentioned about having children and being blessed in that and she just felt healed yeah. from having children she she knew like she knew some somewhere deep inside her that she'd been healed of that 
And so we then started, like, we, she thought she was pregnant and she took a test and she was really disappointed that the test was negative because her faith was so high. She couldn't understand why this test was negative. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two weeks later, something like that, we had a friend email saying, have you got any news? Someone else had a dream about Jenna being pregnant. And that was on the morning that we took a test and Jenna was pregnant. Wow. So, yeah, oh, it's amazing. A, that's a miracle. Yeah. And like, doctor like, was right. Yeah. And the, these people, these friends from the other side of the world wouldn't have had a clue. No. And, and it was just all to confirm that this was God's really, amazing. you know, it wasn't, it wasn't something else. So, yeah. And then, so that was Sophia and we had Chloe as well because um, yeah. we knew we were going to have children. And they're beautiful um, kids. Yeah. They're amazing. Amazing. Let's, let's go back to, before we go back to your business, I, I, I'm trying to think how I first met you, but I can re- recall uh, the first time you invited us around, you I would say the reason why I'm going to tell you, say this story is because it's an example of how resourceful you are. <laughs> I think I know the story you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's the time that you invited us, myself and my wife Heather, around for 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 supper one evening, uh, and we knocked on your door, and we didn't really know you. I don't even know how we got the invite. It might have been through. Facebook or something, I don't know. And uh, anyway, we we rocked up at your house, and and uh, you looked shocked and like, what? It's tonight, is it? Oh no, no. Uh, and um, so you'd completely forgotten, and, <laughs> yeah. and uh, Jenna had completely forgotten, and but you you just picked up the phone and, and ordered a Chinese takeaway, uh, and we had a great night. Uh, <laughs> and I, I I always look back at that that night, and I think. What a resourceful bloke. Oh, that's, that's a nice way of saying it. Yeah, it's a, it, I think it's the only time I've invited someone around for dinner and just completely forgotten. We hadn't cooked dinner. And I remember I could see you through the, through oh, the glass. Oh, you already eaten as well. We'd already eaten, yeah. We just finished eating. So, but like, I, my reaction, I saw you through the, through the window pull up. And my reaction, for some reason, was like to hit the floor. <laughs> I just like, you know, when that, um, you want the ground to come and swallow you up saying, it was like, I knew what that saying meant. I just wanted the ground. I just wanted to disappear into the ground. Um, and, um, and yeah, we went and get, got Chinese takeaway and I can always have a Chinese. I mean, I love, it's my favorite food. So I'm happy with that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I like, I like that. And that was good. And yeah, that was the start of, that's when you told us about, about our house and stuff over that dinner. So like, let's say we said, Oh, let's do it another night and it might never have happened. Yeah, yeah. we wouldn't have had yeah. that uh, conversation about the house we wouldn't be in the house that we raised our children in so like it all it all goes to show it's just like yeah resource I am quite resourceful I think that is one yeah. thing that I am it's like just yeah finding let's go back to your business uh, you you don't work alone you've, you've worked you said 16 different countries uh, you've obviously got a lot of people that work for you what sort of scale of business is it so we're at 30 people now um, and you know, two and a half years ago, we were at four. So we've that, kind of built built quite quickly. Yeah. Um, and uh, the pandemic really was the thing that catalyst that really yeah. we helped more and more organizations. Um, so, yeah. And obviously the mark, you know, the at the time you're listening to uh, this, it might not be the case, but when we're recording this, um, the economy, you know, the, the markets have, have dipped quite hard. So mm. it's quite... Um, you know, I've been in a season of high growth, but yeah. as a company, but as a company, we need to start to kind of like make sure that we're, you know, 
it's not just growth at all costs anymore. It's, you know, you have to have the, the funding is dry, drying up basically and you have to make sure that you're actually making some money. You can't just be growing without having a real business there. The funding is growing up. Growing up. Drying, drying up. Yeah. So, so, so what, you know, in the, you know, in, in the economy, essentially what we've been through is an incredibly like, frothy time around high tech growth and started like, like money being thrown at a lot of a lot of businesses just like yeah. you know and and that's 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 now reversed we've gone from being in a very bull market to being in a very bear market so mm-hmm. if you want to you know it's, it's like very very much harder to find money to grow your business now than it was say six months ago 12 months ago and so we're going through that um you know having to transition from being very high growth into actually you know making sure that we are profitable yeah. um because just because you're you've got 30 people and just because you've grown a lot doesn't mean you're making any any profit so what has that really meant for you on the ground what what tough decisions have you had to make yeah so around that? so recently unfortunately we've had to cut staff and um, that was incredibly painful it's um yeah. you know we were able to save as many people as we possibly could but you know we need to there's a sense that you have to be you know you just have to be financially responsible you know and the there's no there's no guarantee that you know most businesses fail most businesses yeah. fail yeah. right so in the first two years yeah and yeah. so so like like my business could fail like yeah. it's like to have some kind of bravado where you say it can't fail is silly you know you have to plan to fail yeah and so um not you have to plan that you might fail. <laughs> don't 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 make that your objective. Um, as, an, as an expression, um, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so 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 we you know we um, it was incredibly painful time having to let let amazing staff go, and they weren't let go because they weren't great. Um, we had to um, we had to make sure that our expenditure was 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 lower because that's that's how you how you can create a more more robust business um and so you know you grow very a lot of companies have grown very 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 successfully during the pandemic especially digital companies and now there's a bit of a hangover zoom is a big yeah an example of that so you see multiple big companies now letting go staff tesla's just less let go of staff yeah um netflix you know are in trouble Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of companies that have had this huge success and growth during COVID, but now that growth is starting to tell off and, and we're no different to that. So you go through, you go through these cycles, I think, um, in, in, in business and you just have to, you always want to be three to six months ahead, but in reality, you're three to six months behind. <laughs> and, and that's the kind of, that's the challenge. You can't, you can't really see round corners, but you have to try and be as, as quick as you possibly can to react to, yeah. to global situations. So, so we did that by unfortunately, yeah, cutting a lot of our, expenditure and part of that is staff but part of it's other budgets too yeah mm. it is better to be a, a planner rather than a firefighter yeah i'm not i'm not a planner i'm more reactive firefighter um but oh, i would right. prefer to be a planner yeah. um i think it's 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 good um someone said something like plans are useless but planning is really important yeah, and I think I, I kind I of relate to that. that i think the actual plan you produce is yeah. not is not the thing it's the it's the process of thinking through everything that's important. Yeah. As soon as I write a plan, I know it's like in a week, it's completely different, right? But planning and constantly planning, I think, is an, an important thing. And I don't know who we have to put it in your show notes or something yeah. and, and make sure that we get, we quote the right person there. But I've always thought that's a good quote. Well, the thing about a plan is you can share it with other people and they understand where, where, where we're meant to be going. Yes, uh, yeah. W- when you're firefighting, everybody is running around like headless chickens. 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah. But it's difficult to, to It is. I think we, we talk a lot about setting like a gift panel. We talk about well our values for a start. So we have like we try and really like have strong values. Yeah. Um and they they're the kind of cultural things that define who we are as a company, what we want to be. So for example, one of our values is family first. Yeah. yeah that means that like, you know, you make your kids sports day because that's what we wanted to be as a company or you know you prioritize um family life if someone's ill in your home like i'm having to do at the moment so um that is that is kind of one of our our values and that keeps us kind of culturally on track and there's other values there's lots of them and then there's other kind of guiding principles around work that we that i do as well to set set them up so they're not quite plans but they're kind of like i would call them almost like guardrails mm. so you know you set those guardrails and within those guardrails, then we can kind of be the kind of company that we want to be. But we're not going to do anything just to get a customer. We're not going to do anything just to, because we're a certain kind of company. No, they're operating parameters. Yeah. 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 You, you work within those. For a charity, it would be um, the, the objectives, the criteria of what you're actually aiming to achieve. And you work, you know, if you're working with young people and you're offered a, a contract to work with old people, right? You, you would say no. Actually, that doesn't fit with our remit. Yeah, because so. our value is, or yeah. our principles are, to help young people, and so we're not going to just do anything for money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's like those are the, those guardrails are incredibly important. It's my job as CEO to put those in in place. And no one else is going to do it. No. You know, in a way, if I get those right and I get those objectives right, we actually run a, a framework called OKRs, which is a very famous planning framework. Okay. Um, and all the big tech companies use use it as well. It's called yeah. OKRs. And objectives and key results. If I do those, in in some ways, that's my job. I can like if if those are done, and my team follow those jobs, yeah. And I've got the culture and the vision mapped out, and the values mapped out, and everyone knows what they're doing. In some ways, I can sit there and take it easy. Yeah. Now, in reality, I've not, I haven't got there yet. <laughs> but but that's that's the idea. Yeah. Um, is it, yeah, if you're a le- a, that leadership, you, you know, you have to also embody those values. Of course, you can't yeah. just go off and do something different to those values. You'll undermine it. Yeah. What would you say? I mean, somebody listening to this might be, uh, say, a painter or sculptor or, or a potter working oh, yeah. in, in, in their shed, in their garden, and they're just running a, a, a small business. Um, you know, they, they may be a Christian uh, and, uh, and they're wanting to, uh, to branch out and, and, you know, they want to sell their wares, their service, their, their, their purpose, you know, that yeah. God, God has given them. What what sort of advice, as somebody who is a global business leader, what sort of advice would you give to somebody like that? I mean, first of all, I mean, I, Jenna, my wife, is really into her faith art journaling, so she's yeah. very creative. And 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 Bridget next door is a potter, so I'm yeah. surrounded, you know. And I, and I used to work in the music industry, and I was always, you know, I'm I I feel like I'm almost the one without talent, you know. Like I I kind of my talent, I guess, is in the business side, but I've always been kind of almost envious of people that are good at something creative in a finished work where they can kind of like be an artist or be a musician or be someone because like I was never gifted with anything like that. I was tone deaf. <laughs> I try and strum the guitar, but it's just awful. Um, so, so I think I'm you know, an imposter syndrome there. Nick. Well, no, no, no it, it really isn't when it comes to the guitar. But, okay. but I think I think that the, I see those people. I go, why don't you make more of that? Like, why don't you make that into something? You know, because I've that's the bit that I've got is the marketing, the business, and and I think that generally artists and creators are just terrible at marketing. Yeah. Um, generally You're speaking. A visionary. 
That's true. Yeah. And a lot of people that are painters and or whatever, they have a vision for a painting, but they don't have a vision for, for the, to to sell it or you know to put it out there yeah. in, in an exhibition. Or, That's right, and I, I think almost sometimes it's almost the opposite. They don't. They actively don't want to. They don't. It's some, there's something almost precious or something that where they feel like marketing would be kind of tainted and sometimes you know it's the evil marketing people that want to kind of ruin the world and um tom yeah. uh is it bill hicks said if you're in marketing kill yourself <laughs> didn't he <laughs> bill hicks the comedian yeah yeah because you know we do live in a world where marketing is shoved down our throats you know if my if my children w- watch the wrong kind of telly like it's awful the toys they want because they you know they've been advertised to oh. or something yeah that kind of thing is awful. must have yeah, yeah you know and and a lot of the plastic rubbish we have in our lives is because of marketing yeah. but um in terms of marketing yourself and, and business for a small business i think that a couple of things i would say is um you know authenticity wins out yeah. so so you have some channels there that are free to put yourself out there um if you're a potter it's a very visual medium and you're something like instagram mm. it's very easy take a picture of your work yeah and and put put yourself out there in an honest way um and i think that's like job number one is just be yourself on the internet and then i think the the thing is um that i've always said and i say this generally is document don't create and this is the different difficult thing what you should be doing is documenting the process of your creativity and putting it online not the final product Okay. You should do the final product too, but what yeah. people are interested in is how you make it. Yeah. And so what they want is you want to put your phone there and video you doing your pottery, like on a time lapse, yeah. and then put that online. You yeah. know. Um likewise with your podcast, you know, people want to see behind the scenes, they want to see a bit of that. So don't just put the final thing up there. You should be taking pictures as you're in the process. Yeah. We should have a picture today. That should go on your Instagram. So it's like there's a whole load of content around the content where you can document what you're doing. And that's a really great way because a big problem that people have small businesses will have is just how much content social media needs nowadays. Yeah. It needs it's like a beast. And you need to keep feeding it content. And it like that's what it wants. Yeah. And so um one way of getting that content is by documenting everything and putting that on. Otherwise it's just the final final thing. Yeah. Um so that that's that's one bit of advice. And then the second bit of advice I see for creators is just charge more. I mean people <laughs> Yeah, people just under underprice themselves. You know, most artists could, you know, two or three times their pricing overnight and and yeah. And sell exactly the same amount because they undervalue what they do. Yeah. Um. And and you're you're placing a value on your own wares from a yeah like wrong thinking like imposter syndrome wrong thinking that someone's not going to pay maybe yeah. looking at your own bank balance and then assuming that people have everyone else has a bank balance like yours when actually yeah. you know you're not your customer. Um. So so I think increasing pricing is a is, is a big one. It's difficult if you're writing books and things because books have a price. Books have but, a set price. Yeah. But yeah. I'm I'm talking about yeah. other things like you know your um, you know, I I was with someone the other day. I took Sophia into town to do something, and I just said, you know, she was saying she was going to put her pricing up for new customers, but not for existing customers. Yeah. Put it up for existing customers too. Yeah. They're the ones that already love you and understand. Loyalty, yeah. And otherwise, like like in three years' time, you're going to keep putting up prices for new customers. Those old price, those old customers are going to be on really old, out of date pricing, and then you're going to have to like it's going to be a much bigger job to get them onto that new pricing. So yeah. I'm, I'm often talking to small businesses owners and they just, that confidence just to Im- increase your pricing is really hard, but they, it's a must do. Yeah. Um, There's an artist called Matt Tomey and um, he runs a, a masterclass and I, I, I did one of his masterclasses. I know Jenna's done it as well. And um, 
in that he says make sure you price mm. properly yeah uh, and he put his prices up and suddenly people were flocking to him because he put his prices up because suddenly his product was worth more and people wanted to have something yes. that was same higher product. value yeah Matt Tony also mm. says um, find your niche and uh, you know don't be a, a scattergun type approach of doing this type of creativity and that type of create all these different things and doing all things all things I wouldn't say badly but not so good I would agree with uh, that yeah but, but focus down yeah. uh, so focus down charge more um, and yeah. as a Christian I would say invite God into everything you do as well Definitely, yeah, as a Christian. Um, I think the niche thing is really important um, as well. I, I think it's like online has allowed you to have, you know, so there's so many niches now. It's, you know, it's like a niche of a niche is now a niche. <laughs> you can really like, you can really niche down. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, there's, because there's so many billions of people, there is someone that's into what you're doing. So, I mean, Jenna's a perfect example. Like she's a niche of a niche of a niche. She's art journaling. Yeah. But within that, she's a certain type of art journaling called mixed media. She's yeah. not like Bible art journaling. No. And then within that, she's faith mixed media. <laughs> she's yeah. like niche of a niche of a niche. And guess what? She she has subscribers. She has, yeah. you know, she gets. And, and when people find her, they're like, oh, you're the one I've been looking for. Because yeah. they're. Because it's specific. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then and then obviously, like, I, I, I do struggle with the in my role, um, bringing bringing my faith into in, in into it, um, certainly in a kind of the sector that I'm in with nonprofits and things is quite yeah. kind of um, quite, quite difficult sometimes with that. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, you know, every, every business is, is different. I feel like I have to have a level of wisdom, you know, managing 30 people, those 30 people aren't, don't share the same faith as me. Yeah. And so I have to, you know, I can't be sitting there and, you know, I have to, you know, I can't judge them for yeah. how they run their lives. You know, we're, we're told not to judge, but I can be there and I can lead by example, hopefully. And I can, there's, there's kind of, more not subtle but like more silent ways that you can communicate that you can be a christian it doesn't always have to be vocally in people's faces and so i lead through integrity and and love and um you know setting the values that we want to have as a company um i'm not preaching to my team on a monday morning meeting whereas jenna someone like she's actually advertising herself as faith art journaling so she can be like really yeah you know, so I think there's just wisdom needed. Yeah, needed I advertise in that. myself as a Christian author and right. poet. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, and I'm a Christian businessman. Yeah, and I don't have a problem talking about that, but I don't, I can't. Yeah, I'm not. Um, it's it's a yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I, I thought a lot about it. It's quite difficult to explain yeah. the differences. Yeah. Um, we've we've chatted a lot yeah. of, of interesting stuff, but um, before we wrap this up, where can people find you? There's a charity out there. Um, yeah i've got a website i mean probably just nickburn.com is i i haven't don't update it really but it's there and you can contact there's a well no i I just don't keep it up to date that much um but it's um yeah there's a contact form on there so they can that's probably the easiest so it's yeah um, nickburn.com pretty easy to find me or give panel yeah give panel yeah.com um they can get through they'll get through to the team if they do that yeah um but uh, yeah, and Twitter, like you know, LinkedIn, yeah, Twitter. I'm on all the yeah, Nick, 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 just search for the yeah. name. Um, but oh, I'm always happy to um, to meet new people and to have you know, I have a lot of conversations. You can imagine every week with different nonprofits yeah. and things like that. So. <laughs> I hear you on the phone sometimes. Do you? <laughs> Do I shouting? <laughs> yeah. When I'm outside, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the wind's blowing in the right direction. Yeah. yeah. 
Nick, I want to pray for you before we oh, wrap you. this up. Um, Lord, thank you for, for Nick's story, for the stuff that he's shared today. Some of it is uh, technical, some of it is complicated, but Lord, you have been wrapped into Nick's life and, and the things that he shared, personal things, business things. Lord, you are in them, in in. You are in Nick's life, and I, and I thank you that, that you are leading him, guiding him, that you are walking through the difficult times with him as well, and that you are helping him to make those tough decisions, and uh, Lord, that you will continue to walk with him and bless his business, Lord. I pray that you will do that, and pray that you will continue to bless his family. Uh, Lord, he's mentioned Jenna a lot, so we pray for her as well, Lord, and, and those beautiful girls that, that, that they've got, Lord. Pray that anybody listening to this would would be, just want to know more about you if they don't know you mm. and want to know more about uh, how to improve their business, how to improve their creativity and how to improve life in general with you. I pray that this might be a, an inspiration to them. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Creative Christians Chat Show. It's been great having you here with me today. Don't forget to share this podcast with your friends. I'm Brendan Conboy, and you can find me at brendanconboy.co.uk, where you can buy me a cup of coffee if you like to support me and my creative work. Follow me also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. For now though, God bless and goodbye.